My name is Keith Beavers, and we just installed a fire pit in our backyard. It's very exciting. Hey, Siri, how do you build a fire? What's going on, wine lovers? Welcome to Vine Pairs Wine 101 Podcast, the bonus season. My name is Keith Beavers. I am the tasting director of Vine Pair, and how you doing? So last week, we we're all about those Greek whites, but today we need to talk about Greek's red wine. Guys, it's special. You have to know about it. You have to get into it, or I'd hope you would. It's awesome to get into it. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by E&J Gallo Winery. At Gallo, we exist to serve enjoyment in moments that matter. The hallmark of our company has always been an unwavering commitment to making quality wine and spirits. Whether it's getting barefoot and having a great time, making everyday sparkle with La Marca Prosecco, or continuing our legacy with Louis Martini and Napa, we want to welcome new friends to wine and share in all of life's moments. Interested in trying some of the wine brands discussed on Wine 101? Follow the link in each episode description to purchase featured wines or browse our full portfolio at BarrelRoom.com. Cheers and all the best. Okay, so now that we're familiar with the white wines of Greece, we got to get familiar with the red wines of Greece. I'm just like stoked talking about Greece right now, wine lovers, because this is a moment for Greece. There is more Greek wine in the American market than there ever has been. And the focus on quality and structure has just been is, is just awesome. Of course, Santorini and Assyrtiko have been on the on the market for a long time. But like we talked about last episode, Malaguzia, uh, Mosca Filaro, Rhodites, like these are wines that are just like available now. And how long of a list is that? It's just like, it's just cool. There's all this stuff to explore and it's a brand new country. If you've never had Greek wine before, this is the time. And the red wine situation in Greece is, is just as exciting. The list is just a lot shorter. Shorter as in like two grapes, (laughs) two varieties. Now that's a bit of a lie because there are other varieties that make red wine in Greece, but they're mostly used for blending right now. And if they are 100%, we're not really seeing a lot of it on the American market. But that's again with Greece, like with this moment we're in right now, that's only probably temporary because there are... There are winemakers out there trying to make wine with all the grapes. And in the next 10 years, we could see another red wine grape pop up and be like really popular. But for now, the two varieties that make red wine in Greece that we're going to see on the American market is a grape called Zinomavro and a grape called Ayoritiko. One thing I think people don't realize about Greece because Greece is such a tourist destination and the coastal regions of Greece are just mind-blowingly beautiful, some of the most beautiful places on earth. (laughs) But what's sometimes not known is the interior of Greece and the northern part of Greece is very mountainous. And it's in these mountainous regions where we find the red wine varieties of Greece. Because even though Greece is mostly a Mediterranean climate, meaning a climate influenced by the Mediterranean or a large body of water, It also has a continental climate, which means a climate not influenced by any body of water. An example of that would be Burgundy, like right in the middle of France. In the Oxford Wine Companion, Jedi wine master Jancis Robinson splits Greece up into parts. 
There's the northern part of Greece, the mountainous northern part of northeastern Greece, northeast of the peninsula. Uh, it's, it's the area of Macedonia and Thrace. Then you have central Greece, which is a very mountainous region. Then below that, you have the Peloponnese, famous for the Spartans. And then you have the islands. But it's in the northern part of Greece, in the central part of Greece, that we get these two varieties. And up in the northern part of Greece, where Thrace and Macedonia is, this is the home of the grape Xenomavro. And by the way, when you're looking for Xenomavro in the wine shop, just know it's not spelled with a Z. It's X-I-N-O-M-A-V-R-O, Xenomavro, which means acid black because it has a very high acidity. And in this area, there's a wine region that exists around the, a mountain called Mount Vermeo. And on the southeastern slopes of Mount Vermeo is an area called Nausa, N-A-U-S-S-A. You're going to see a lot of Xenomavro from Nausa on the American market. Now, I know I've said in the past in this podcast that there's a very short list of wines out there that are age-worthy. Usually, we're just drinking wines for a Tuesday night. Zeno Mavro is on that list of age-worthy wines. These wines can go for 30 years, and they just get better and better and better. On the slopes of Mount Vermeo, the soil is very poor, so these vines really struggle for water, and they get this nice concentration of fruit, even though it has high acidity. It usually sees about a year in oak, and the result is almost, I'm going to say this, it's almost like Nebbiolo or Barolo. It really is. It has an elegance to it. It has a powerfulness to it. It has a focus to it. It's undeniable, and there's an elegance to it as well. They're often nicely framed with good, good, good tannin structure, and they go well with all the things that larger, sort of bigger, more powerful wines would go with, like steak, duck, pork, like heavy pastas. If you like big, bold red wines, like this is your new friend. This is the new wine you've been looking for. And it's not only in Nausa that Xenomavro is grown. It's grown all over Greece, but it's from this area. So this is where, you know, it's more concentrated and this is where it's um, uh, being focused on more than other places. And what's really cool, and we're not going to see a lot of it right now, but again, eventually we will, is on the northwest slope of this same mountain, Mount Vermeo, is a region called Amindio. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. It's A-M-Y-N-D-E-O, and they make sparkling Xenomavro, which is awesome. Now, just east of these wine regions is another wine region called Goemenisa, and I'm only mentioning it because they blend Xenomavro with a grape called Nagoska. Nagoska is Slavic for Nausa. And again, we're not going to see a lot of those right now, but I'm sure we will in, in the future. But I just found it interesting, interesting that Nagoska, Nausa, it's just this is how old these varieties are, that their origins are unknown, so they just name them after the areas they're from. And this grape was obviously from Nausa, which is also famous for Xenomavro, which is the home of Xenomavro. I know, it's crazy. And as we move from northern Greece into central Greece, I want to mention central Greece because this is where Mount Olympus is. And this, there is a wine region on the slopes of Mount Olympus. It's called Rapsani. And I'm starting to see more Rapsani wines on the American market, so I want to let you guys know about it. They do make Xenomavro, but they also blend it with two other native varieties from that area, a grape called Crossato and a grape called Stavroto. And I think it's kind of cool because these wines are... They age as well, but now we have two other varieties being used to kind of 
you know, help build a blend that will age for a long time, like a Greek, a true Greek blend. It's, it's pretty awesome. When we go south of Rapsani, we pass Athens in that peninsula, and we cross the Corinth Canal, we are now into the Peloponnese. And right when we get in the, in the northern part of the Peloponnese, there is a wine region called Nemia. It's just north of Mantinea, which is famous for the Moscofilero, awesome pink skin wine we talked about in the last episode. And in Nemea, there is this tiny chapel, and it's a chapel to St. George. And there's a variety that grows in this area that is from this area that they call St. George. But in Greek, St. George is Ioritiko. It's a lot to say, but it's I, then your, then Ritiko. Hopefully that helps. And again, all these spellings will be in the transcript on the Wine 101 section on vinepair.com because there's a lot of varieties here that have very unique spellings. This is a very mountainous region. Vineyards are upwards of, I think, over well over 2,000 feet above sea level, something like 2,300 feet above sea level. And Ayuritiko can be this sort of very dark and powerful red wine, but it can also be kind of medium and light depending on where in this area that it's grown. Sometimes in the lower-lying areas, it doesn't ripen well enough, and they make it into a sweet wine. But Ayuritiko on our market, now it's grown all, again, it's grown all over Greece, but if it's from Nemia, it's going to be more concentrated. It's here where Ayuritiko is, it has a lower yield in some areas. So you get this more direct, intense, fruity wine, and it's, they're, they're wonderful. I don't know if they age as much as Zinomavro, but they have this juicy intensity to them. There are lighter styles as the production levels go up. And the cool thing about this wine is when I think about Ayoritico, the first thing I think about is lamb. It is like Greek food, Ayoritico, lamb, protein. That is, it is absolutely a match made in heaven, full stop, Ayoritico. And that, wine lovers, is basically the red wines of Greece. Yes, there are other varieties. There's one called um, uh, Mavro Daphne, and there's another one called uh, Musk Mavro, which basically is just black muscat, which is just a really sweet red grape. There are also international varieties. I mean, the, the Greeks are doing all kinds of stuff. They are being true to their, to their regions. They're being true to their origins, but they are also bringing in international varieties like Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and Syrah and stuff like that. And they will also blend those sometimes into their wines. But for us to kind of get a sense of what Greece is, I think it's much more fun to really kind of just explore the indigenous varieties that we assume are from Greece, but they're so old that we don't know. I just, I'm sorry, I keep on saying that. I find it fascinating. Now... I would be remiss if I did not mention a wine from Greece that has had a particular, huh, stigma? I don't know what to say. It's a curiosity. And what I love about it is, number one, it's a testament to the, to the history of Greece. And number two, it's having a renaissance where people are making it into more focused wine. And it's a white wine, so it should be in the other episode. And I just... I wasn't going to talk about it, but I think I need to mention it because there's something going on here. I mentioned Malaguzia, that variety that is from the northern part of Greece. Well, Malaguzia and other grapes like Rhodites um, were often used to make a particular wine called Retsina. 
retsina is a, you know, the, the word retsina kind of sounds like resin. <laughs> I'm not really sure what ret- the word retsina means, but it was a white wine, is a white wine that is infused with pine oil or pine resin so that it emulates the way wine must have been in antiquity in that you're drinking a white wine, but instead of, you know, smelling your typical, like, you know, pear, maybe some apples, maybe some flowers, you're smelling pine. And the old school stuff was pretty intense. Um, my father-in-law is Greek. And when we, when I first met him, we went out to dinner went to a Greek restaurant he asked me if we wanted if you want if I wanted some retsina. Me wanting to impress my father-in-law, I said, "Of course, I want some retsina. What's that?" I took a sip of this wine, and my brain, my senses, just kind of went me me me, kind of on a red flag alert. Like, what is this stuff? And I gotta say, I didn't one hundred percent enjoy it. It wasn't that awesome. But as I got into the wine world, and as I started learning about wine, and then I had a wine shop, and I started buying wine, and I started buying Greek wine. And then I watched how Greek wine improved on our market. And I was like, you know what? Let's go back. Let's, let's see what Retsina is all about. And I tried new Retz. Uh, I tried it again. And I found out that there is good Retsina. There's a few brands out there. And one brand is, is awesome. I can't remember the name of it right now. But what, what's, what I'm trying to say is nowadays... Because of all these young winemakers in Europe, and you know, they're all all these new generations of winemakers are all over Europe right now, and Greece is included in that. There are younger winemakers in northern Greece right now making retsina, but doing the work to make it actually balanced. So what we're seeing here is this sort of like a curiosity from the past that had a bit of a stigma behind it. It's a wine that tastes like you know pine resin. <laughs> but now they're, I guess what they're doing is I, I, I tried one. I tried a new Retsina, I think a few years ago, and I was pleasantly surprised. The pine aroma is just, it's, it's integrated into the wine. So it's, it's like you get, you know, the pears and the apples and the flowers, then there's this like little hint of pine that runs through it. And it doesn't, it's not offensive because I, so it, 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 the old stuff would, it'll attack your senses and it might be offensive to you guys, but you should try it because <laughs> it's, it's wild. But nowadays there's Retsina coming on the market that is actually, you know, blended with the resin and it's balanced and stuff. And I just find it really interesting that like we have this wine from this country and it's a manipulated wine. I mean, they are infusing something into the wine, but it is a pride somewhat of the area. And now we're starting to see better versions of it. So it, like literally Greece is creating its, own wine that's beyond the indigenous varieties. I, am I making sense? I just find it crazy cool. And I tell you right now, some good retsina with some lemon potatoes and tzatziki. I mean, opa, am I right? So there you have it. That's a nice two episode breakdown on Greek wines. Now there's more out there, um, but this is going to get you started. This is going to get you familiar with Greece. And this is going to get you into Greek wine, I think. Because these wines, even though the, the names might not be familiar, the, the, 
the mouthfeels and the aromas and the way you interact with these wines is going to be very familiar, especially if you like European wine. This is a European country that makes European wine, and they have their own varieties, and they're really great. So go out there, buy a bunch of Greek wine, buy a bunch of Greek food. You know, we got all kinds of Greek food in our markets these days, and have yourself some fun. Get into Greek wines. They're so cool. I'm going to go have a I'm going to have a Muscafila road. Find Pear Keith is my Insta. Rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps get the word out there. And now for some totally awesome credits. Wine 101 was produced, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the Vine Pear headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mallon for creating Vine Pear. And I mean, big shout out to Danielle Grinberg, the art director of Vine Pear, for creating the most awesome logo for this podcast. Also, Darby Seaside for the theme song. Listen to this. And I want to thank the entire Vine Pear staff for helping me learn something new every day. See you next week. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Ian J. Gallo Winery. At Gallo, we exist to serve enjoyment in moments that matter. The hallmark of our company has always been an unwavering commitment to making quality wine and spirits. Whether it's getting barefoot and having a great time, making everyday sparkle with La Marca Prosecco, or continuing our legacy with Louis Martini and Napa, we want to welcome new friends to wine and share in all of life's moments. Interested in trying some of the wine brands discussed on Wine 101? Follow the link in each episode description to purchase featured wines or browse our full portfolio at barrelroom.com. Cheers and all the best.